0: Are you ready? So I don't mind. Check.
1: Welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Dan, and today we're going to be talking about Good Love from Crystal Ball. Um, although it was originally released on the soundtrack to The Bright Lights' Big City, uh, which was uh, released on the 8th of March, 1988. Uh, recorded on the 13th of October, 1986, at Sunset Sound. Uh, on the track, it is Prince uh, and Susanna and Jill Jones. Susanna and Jill Jones, of course, doing backing vocals. Uh, depending on the version you hear, it is either 4 minutes 55 or 5.11 <laughs> Um, and joining me today to talk about it is Stephen G. Forward. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Now, in, t- in terms of like the genre, um, I mean, to me, uh, I would say funk pop. That would be, you know, what it sounds like to me. It's it kind of is kind of quintessentially like nineteen eighty six Prince.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: This this was kind of part of the stuff that was going to be on Camille. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has the Camille voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is like the, you know the slightly speeded up voice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's kind of in, in the, I mean, I would say in, in terms of Prince, Camille is like its own little genre because, yes, you know, all of those songs have like a certain feel.
0: Mm-hmm. They do have a certain feel. and But what's interesting is that with Good Love, Good Love has, you know, it's a funk poppy song. It has a lot of good energy and Camille yeah. doesn't have a through line through it except for the voice and the sound, but it doesn't have, lyrically it does it. It's just, no. this is a very interesting song to sort of, de- um. To take apart lyrically what did you think about it Uh,
1: the problem that i have with a lot of crystal ball is um a lot of the songs this is sounding quite harsh but um are forgettable in in the sense that because there's so many of them um you know and because because crystal ball itself doesn't have like a you know it isn't like a proper album it's just a kind of a, a random collection sometimes it's a little harder to kind of listen to all of the songs and you know kind of take them all in um, you know, sometimes you'll kind of listen to four or five of the songs and you'll be like, where did I, did I listen to that song? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I, w- I, w- I, won't say, you know, it's uh, to say it's like forgettable sounds a bit kind of like damning, but <laughs> I, f- I feel like it's kind of, you know, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, very kind of light.
0: So for me, I had, I heard it on bright lights, big city. And so I bought the cassette. I remember buying the cassette and really enjoying good love. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, By the time it came out in Crystal Ball, like you, the songs, I was excited to hear the songs, but I heard a lot of the songs in some incarnation and on bootlegs over the years. So, I remember the excitement of getting the Crystal Ball did not measure up to the reality of the Crystal Ball. (laughs) Because there were songs that's like, eh, this is okay, this is more produced or to me, it felt like Prince was putting together something that he knew people wanted, but didn't really pay a lot of attention to. You know, it wasn't like you said, there wasn't a theme. There was it's it's just a bunch of songs from different eras, you know, and good love for me is only memorable because it wasn't on an official Prince release. And that I love the way the song sort of bounces around, you know, keyboard wise. I had no idea who Gustav um, Mahler was (laughs) until recently. (laughs) And then I started listening to his stuff. I was like Gustav number three jamming on the on the box. And I remember thinking Gustav. Was good stuff because I didn't have the lyrics at the time. So, (laughs) I I think I think that's
1: deliberate. I think Prince has done that deliberately, particularly the way he sings it. I think he is trying to make you hear it's as good love and are kind of similar. Absolutely, Um, but it's fun. Yeah, this is the thing. Is like obviously you know the film itself, (laughs) which I haven't seen, but I understand you know uh, features uh, you know quite a lot of uh, you know kind of uh, let's say partying. Mm, um, Yeah, you know, put it diplomatically. Um, you know, it. I. I don't think this song really fits with what the film is about. Um, you know, there is there's kind of like references to you know in the heat of the night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, and there's like cherry pie and apple kisses, <laughs> and I, like I like I, it. It feels to me like this is you know this is something that Prince had an idea of you know you what he wanted to record. Yes. But then by the time you know it comes to this soundtrack. I think he's just like, well, Here you go. this is the song that I'm willing to give away. Yeah, it's absolutely. like, have this song, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, there is a little kind of a, of, a, of a, that feeling. Yep. Um, you know, recently I have myself on my iTunes put together all the the Camille songs in like a playlist. So I can kind of just listen to them and kind of mm-hmm. try and figure out what the album would have sounded like. And you're, you're right, you know, in terms of like the track listing for, you know, what would have been Camille. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's, there's no... You know, other than the fact that they're all recorded using the same technique to speed up his voice, you know, there's not really a kind of a unifying theme. That Like, all of the songs are really good, mm-hmm. um, you know, but... It, the, 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 it doesn't kind of cohere in any way right. you know and particularly if you kind of um, I think like was Scarlet Pussy was also done in the Camille voice right but, which, but wasn't part of the Camille album so it's kind of Prince returning to that so if you throw that on the end it kind of the whole thing doesn't make any real sense you know like going from strange relationship to like fill you up like you know, yeah. going from Shockadelica to Good Love, and you know that was the that was the running order that they were on when they were part of mm-hmm. what would have been the three disc Crystal Ball as well. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's any kind of connection between what Shockadelica is saying and what Good Love is saying, no. <laughs> and then that kind of go into if I was your girlfriend again. It's like, it doesn't feel like there's any kind of coherent idea. Mm. It just feels like Prince has done this production thing and like
0: he sped up his voice <laughs> and therefore they're all part of the same kind of album. That's the through line. It's the voice. And like you, what I did was instead of a um, uh, listening, I put together the actual album. So it's actually on my iTunes. And so I've listened to it a few times, but overall, I mean, I've heard House, you know, House Quake and Strange Relationship. Shockadella was a B-side. If I Was Your Girlfriend was on, Sign of the Times. There's... It's just the voice. And even um, most recently at the Love Sexy um, 30th anniversary conference where I was, I tried looking for and developing a theory about Camille. It was almost, it's just a bunch of things that Prince did at one point or said. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a Greek god? Is it, you know, is it a man? Is it a woman? It's a her, it's a him. And Prince is very inconsistent in terms of what he's going on record to say about Camille. But I remember thinking of good love as sort of just being sort of a candy colored just fun like i said a bunch of lyrics thrown at you but nothing that would qualify it as a really a great Prince song. It's just okay, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just okay.
1: There, are, You know, there is some interesting lyrical stuff. Like you said, you know, the Gustav Mahler 3s, Jamming on the Box. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, Technicolor Children in Piccadilly Square. <laughs> um, you know, I think Prince had toured... Obviously, you know, he had the, the tour in Wembley. You know, he, he, like, sold out a number of nights in 1988. He, like, you know, broke a, Set a record, basically, for the most amount of tickets sold at that venue. Mm-hmm. You know... In that particular year, which I think was broken by a few people after that before he yeah. was eventually torn down. I, I don't know by this point if Prince had really kind of been at Piccadilly Square or if he just liked the way Piccadilly sounds when he sings
0: it. Which is um, there's something to be said for that, though. And rather than meaning yeah. sound and and meter and beat. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. And so, yeah, I have another glass of you this time on the rocks. Fourth of July in every stroke, a symphony of light and sound. Yeah, and just okay, you know, like I never thought about it as being lyrically um interesting in outside of its the the beat. Yeah, how it fits with the song, you know. There's a, it's very percussive. Oh, yeah. I mean, you
1: have you have the thing of where he says the Fourth of July, and then obviously in the chorus, you have the uh, <laughs> you know cherry pie and apple kisses, like. So it's, it seems like there is, you know, there's like a vague kind of idea of maybe he's talking about something there. But again, it's not really developed enough to kind of, um yeah. you know. And, and also then he takes a few kind of odd turns where he says, you know, you and I in each other's arms, you know, only the naked boy and girl. <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of like, I you know, the fact that the chorus is kind of repeated, you know, so many times through, it, you know, when Prince does that, it kind of suggests that, you know, he has a kind of groove, he has, you know, like a melody, okay. but he he doesn't have an idea of what he wants to say because, it, you know, he just turns into the, the kind of chorus over and over again. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that's a great observation. Absolutely. It's an undeveloped song. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so mm-hmm. by the
1: time he gets to the end and he's saying, you know, like technically junkie in a funky square and, you know, it, 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 he's kind of just repeating the same kind of stuff from earlier, but kind of just changing some of the, the words. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, I mean, the thing is, he, you know, if he's defining, like, you know, what good love is in this song, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it seems to be, you know, uh, I I mean, he does say at one point, every little funky damn thing is kicking, which is a great, which is a great line. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, But it, but it, like, it just seems to be that the only thing that is good is, you know, the kind of the beat of the song or, you know, and, and he's not really defining what good love is other than Gustav Mahler. Like that's, (laughs) which is is like, It was written
0: um, It was written by Chunky Nelson, so, <laughs> instead yeah. of, you know, one of his, that's the first time I've ever heard of Chunky Nelson. Have you ever heard of him attributing a song to Chunky Nelson? No, I haven't. Yeah. This is the hilarious. only one that he attributes. Yeah. I, yeah. I,
1: it's, it's. I don't know, it's just, it's just one of those things where you, like, by the time you get to the end of the song, you're like, well, that sounded, you know, pleasant, but I don't mm-hmm. know what he was trying to tell me, you know, like, <laughs> but at, at the same time, though, you know, not every, not every song needs to have, like, a oh, meaning. Absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. you know, you can you can just enjoy songs for the sound. And, I, and you know, uh, i said this before, but, you know, like 86 to 88 Prince is kind of, you know, some of my favorite production. And I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of the Camille voice, you know. Um, yeah. it's, it's kind of Prince's very kind of like youthful, you know, kind of 20s voice, but, you know, mm-hmm. slightly different. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what keeps it kind of interesting is because, you know, the first time you hear like any of the songs by Camille, you, you, the first thing on your mind is, what What is going on? you know, like uh, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking yeah. like if if you if you're if you're buying his albums in order, I think uh, Housequake is the first track that you get to on Sony of the Times that has the Camille voice, and mm-hmm. you know, I remember hearing Housequake and thinking to myself, I recognize this as Prince, but it's something something is different, you know, something is more playful and kind of mm-hmm. and fun, and I think that's something that's kind of we said there's no real through line other than the voice, but I think you know this mm-hmm. kind of fits with the housequake mode of like Camille of just kind of having fun and kind of almost singing like nonsense words mm-hmm. and just kind of you know feeling the beat and and that's kind of like the point of the song.
0: Yeah. And um, no, absolutely. I agree with everything you said. I would add though that there the Camille is responsible for the black album and Prince um says no to Camille after that. Uh, you know, Camille's the one who who was tempted by the devil to create the black album. So there's some darkness going on in this sort of you know who camille is or what camille is as i mentioned before it's it's not clear it's not very clear what yeah. camille is about but to sort of blame the black album on camille as a way of sort of moving it to the side so that love sexy <laughs> can come out it's, it's an interesting approach to a um amorphous uh character so when i yeah so there's fun with the camille stuff and and camille shows up on the black album as well and she shows, well, he or she shows up later in other songs, too. Just a slight voice, like just a little bit, but not as never as um, never the whole song, you know, never the whole song yeah. anymore. So by by Love, Sex, he had abandoned this character, you know, for the most part. So
1: I mean, you can you can kind of hear, like you say, the kind of, um, you know, I would say like the playfulness of Camille. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of hear that in some songs where there'll be a single line where he'll his voice will change just slightly. Right. And you kind of and you catch a glimpse of you know, what Camille was. Mm-hmm. Um, although obviously, you know, from a practical point of view, Camille was just Prince wanting to test his own popularity by, you know, putting out, a, you know, an album with no kind of credit to himself and see, you know, kind of sink or swim just see if the music itself could kind of succeed. And I really, uh, which obviously in the end was something that Warner Brothers weren't really kind of hundred mm-hmm. percent willing to take a risk on. Like, you know, pressing a hundred thousand copies of an album, sticking it in record stores and not telling, not it, attribution telling on anything. who it is. Yeah, I actually love that. I mean, so like you, that's my
0: favorite (laughs) period. You know, my so I would say eighty four to maybe eighty eight. Those are my favorite periods. But if I had to, hard brackets would be on eighty five to eighty seven. And yeah, let's not forget that there's reports that Camille's a is an accident. Yeah, that Susan Rogers was you know um, recording if I was your girlfriend, and the um, she didn't know the council the, the console that well, and that it. The tape speeded up and he liked it. Yeah. So it could be, Camille could be a mistake and then he just loved the mistake and ran with it. So that's a theory too, you know? Yeah.
1: But I mean, you know. Mm -hmm. um in like in terms of good love i would say personally i mean i would say four out of five you know i i think the thing is anything from like 86 prints i'm you know i'm willing to kind of listen to and kind of automatically (laughs) gets like a a three out of five baseline from me so i i think (laughs) it just has to kind of do something a little bit more to kind of go higher than that and in this case Mm. i would say like some of the kind of you know the instrumentation you know i really enjoy and you know Like you say, I mean, a lot of the lyrics are kind of just rhythmic. You know, I I don't need meaning in every song. So occasionally I just kind of like to listen to Prince's voice kind of singing something, Uh, you know, and and it can it can be anything. And, you know, you know it's kind of it's one of those things where you like, you know, you can listen to this song. and You're like instantly you're you're with that 20 year old Prince and, you know, Mm -hmm. his his life is still ahead of him and you know everything is still kind of fairly optimistic you know so it kind of it kind of takes me back
0: to that place so you know for me four out of five and so nostalgia has a lot to do with my rating (laughs) it's four it's a solid four and nostalgia is 3.5 because re-listening to the song it just doesn't give me that thing that prince put into his songs that turned the corner here or there's a really great lyric there or it's an amazing um piece of musicianship it's just fun yeah And it reminds me of my 20s. So four. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yes. So obviously, you know,
1: the kind of the history of this song makes it a bit unusual. And, you know, like the fact that Prince kind of recorded it for, you know, what was going to be Crystal Ball. Crystal Ball was abandoned. This was one of the songs, you know, along with Shockadelica and, you know, a couple of others that were on the on the kind of the set list for what would have been Crystal Ball and that were actually removed, you know. Uh, There's a lot of stuff from kind of like the Dream Factory kind of sign of times period where there were songs that were recorded, but they were never really considered for those albums. Whereas this was solidly Mm. a consideration for Crystal Ball. Um, And then obviously the fact that he kind of gave it away um, Mm. and then, you know, kind of 10 years later kind of took it back. And, you know, the, the version that's on Crystal Ball has a slightly different kind of ending. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so it's it's it, you know and, and so i think it's interesting that prince was like well i'll have it back but i don't want the version that i gave away like i'll the version that you're going to get <laughs> this time is going to be slightly different yeah but you know he i mean he never performed it live you know no. I, I, it's Mm-mm. kind of just one of those you know one of those uh, you know songs that kind of fell by the the wayside although interestingly mm-hmm. enough you know uh, prince is labeling the song you know in his own handwriting has it as good love or one word um but obviously on crystal ball the the liner notes actually identify it as like good and love as two separate words so you know obviously you know so i i I think sometimes that's just you know maybe prince's laziness he didn't want to have to take his pen off the paper and he was just like oh it's good love it's it's all one (laughs) it's all one word for me Um,
0: judging by the way that he was a very sort of curly q writer with the heart above the prince and you know i'm sure you've seen some of his writings yeah i think that prince was always trying to experiment with a new, breaking open a new way of doing things so yeah. i really like that period because i felt like that, that was his most um creative period for me
1: so i feel like we said about as much as we can about good love so let's go to plugs
0: uh, is there anything you wish to plug steven there are a couple of things i like to plug so i am one third of or one fourth of depending on the day um, um the american age which is a podcast sort of looking at things like american civility and other issues impacting american culture right now which are so many of course and you can find us on theamericanage.com and you can go to soundcloud to hear our podcast i'm also would like to plug my own um, my own business which is the nomadic archivist project which is a project where we myself and Miranda Mims, co-founder we actually work with different individuals and communities to archive their records to work with them as facilitators to get their materials to a museum or a library or to help them develop community archives and you can find us at the um you can find us at nomadicarchivistproject.com next week tuesday Okay. <laughs> and
1: you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track, by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, I'm not sure why you would, at PrinceTrapbyTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Stephen.
0: You're very welcome. Thank you very much. Lovely talk. And otherwise, good luck. <laughs>